herbivore, retainer of semen, and lifter of weights. He is wild, hairy, dominant, breathing into his balls and bonding with his bros. And more than anything, he charges you monthly for his content. Welcome to Man Clan. We are your alpha hosts and paragons of masculinity. Annie Kelly. And Julian Field. This week's Sigma guest is Brad Abrahams, a talented film director and, of course, QAA's Inner Earth correspondent. So, Brad, how are your testosterone levels, your orgone levels? How is your uh, masculine vitality? I've been breathing into my balls ever since I woke up, so I'm ready to wow. go. That's good. And politely represent all Canadian Sigmas today. Today, we're going to be talking about one long-standing masculinity YouTuber who says he's on a mission to make men strong again. The physical weakness of men is something that preoccupies a lot of right-wing minds at the moment, and in my opinion, rightfully so. Sometimes I worry we're getting to the point where I will be expected to open the pickle jar for myself. Which, as the confirmed <laughs> alpha male Christ. of this podcast, I could actually always manage easily. To treat this anxiety about male strengths with the fairness it deserves for a minute, there does actually appear to be some research that suggests American men today are weaker than their father's generation on average. One much-referenced 2016 study at the Journal of Hand Therapy, which is a real journal, found that millennial men have a weaker grip and pinch strength than men studied in 1985. There were some caveats, such as the fact that the cohort in the study was a non-representative sample, being recruited from one geographic area, and mostly made up of university students, but that didn't stop right-wing outlets like the National Review immediately sounding the alarm bell with articles like Men are getting weaker because we're not raising men, by David French. As French somewhat defensively put it, Yes, I know it's only one study. Yes, I know that grip strength is but one measure of overall physical fitness, but as the Post noted, these findings are consistent with other studies showing kids are less fit today. Simply put, we're getting soft, and no cohort is getting softer faster than college men. Raising a boy to be a young man used to be a natural act. Common experiences and rites of passage mean that my D&D friends could pop the hood of a car and get to work right alongside the future mechanics of my high school class. We weren't as good or as knowledgeable, but we held our own. And there were no social justice warriors shrieking that there was no such thing as distinctively male or masculine pursuits. Yes, unsurprisingly for the right, feminism is to blame for shaming men into abandoning their traditional manly activities, like lifting weights, and instead taking up historically feminine pursuits, like knitting, crying, and podcasting. <laughs> but to be serious for a minute, there are actually some non-insane explanations for why men might not be able to lift as much or grip as hard as their ancestors. The chief one, that the authors of the study themselves bring up, is automation and, quote, changes in the workforce from physical labor to more technological, sedentary jobs. I knew it. Capitalism is making me weak. Yeah, exactly. Capitalism is actually kind of taking away my testosterone. That's why... <laughs> I'm forcing men to listen to a podcast about men by a, such a low-T individual as myself. It's also why, you know, axe-throwing clubs have popped up in the enclaves yeah. of every city. Mm. Yeah, we've even got one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Men are no longer squirreled away from their families and enlisted in the circus. They've become <laughs> weak. <laughs> but what if that just didn't feel true? What if we felt like the feminism explanation was on the right track? 
but could be just a little spicier? Well, then I suppose we might say that millennial men are physically weaker than they used to be because of feminism, which is in itself a Marxist plot of ideological subversion designed to destroy America. Such is the thesis of Elliot Hulse, a strength coach, YouTuber, and self-described father figure to millions of men worldwide. In a super long essay advertising his strength training course, Make Men Strong Again, he delves into the history behind men's decline. Not only do individual men fall into effeminacy, but as we've seen, entire nations of men fall into this pattern of failure. Historically, Rome was born through the efforts of a small group of strong men, but in the end, dies of pleasure and decadence. The American Revolution was won by commitment and discipline of the strong colonial men, but has fallen into some of the most diabolical forms of cultural disorder. One thing you'll notice in each of these cases is that men fail when they follow women. Rather than protecting women from degeneracy, they accept the bitter fruit of failure from their hands and fall into the disorder with them. I think you'll find that uh, some of the things he's listing here as being built by a small group of men was actually built by slaves. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I also, I want to take this moment to lament that as we speak, we're missing the the patriarch edition of the Make Men Alpha Again conference in Orlando, where Elliot is giving a workshop titled Dominate Your Wife, Dominate Your Life. As we speak. Wow. As we speak. That's sad. I can feel his energy, his testosterone emanating all the way from Orlando, though, so coast to coast, baby. Well, instead, we just sit here with you guys not protecting me from degeneracy. (laughs) Yeah, we need to rename this knitting circle. This understanding that the fall of Rome was down to too much decadence and degeneracy isn't Hulse's own invention. It's actually a belief that's older than the end of the Roman Empire itself. Way back in 204 BC... Cato the Elder was decrying the Roman army's lack of masculine discipline and predicting that it would lead to the collapse of the empire, which I guess you could say it did, around 600 years later. But according to Hulse, the difference this time round is that our own personal Western degeneration is being done to us deliberately. But none of this is by mistake. According to Soviet KGB defector Yuri Bezmenov, Western culture has been the subject of communist propaganda, disinformation, and active measures from at least 1950. In a 1983 interview that you can find online, he states that ideological subversion or psychological warfare has changed the perception of reality for every American. The foundation for this plan to demoralize Western culture can be found in the work of two Marxist theorists, George Lukács of Hungary and Antonio Gramsci of Italy. These men are credited with being the fathers of the Western version of Marxism, also called cultural Marxism. All cultural barriers to accept Marxism should be reconfigured, starting with the family by perverting gender roles and removing the rule of the father. Going through the churches, the government, military, Hollywood, sports, entertainment, schools, universities, seminaries, books, advertising, magazines, science, newspapers, and so on. George Lukács played an instrumental role in the founding of the Frankfurt School in Germany. Yeah, this was like, when I was reading this, it was like 3,000 words into an insanely long essay. And it was like, a little alarm went off in my head when I saw Frankfurt School. I was like, oh, finally, he just said it. Talk of degeneracy was also very much a thing uh, as fascism was ascendant in Germany. This is not even (laughs) our first go around in this century. This little history lesson is not Hulse's invention either. It actually comes from the fevered paleoconservative mind of a man called William Lind, an author at the far-right think tank, the Free Congress Foundation. 
Lynn zeroed in on left-wing cultural theorists at the Frankfurt School during the interwar period as the masterminds of the insidious cultural Marxism ideology. It was the acolytes of these theorists that promoted feminism, homosexuality, and atheism in order to gradually destabilize and weaken the West. Yeah, the strong, non-homosexual Romans uh, (laughs) were forced into homosexuality. Here's how William Lynn says this operates it. Today, when the cultural Marxists want to do something like normalize homosexuality, they do not argue the point philosophically. They just beam television show after television show into every American home where the only normal-seeming white male is a homosexual. The Frankfurt School key people spent the war years in Hollywood. Okay, so I'm sorry, but like, there's some gay stuff on TV, but like, the majority is still not gay. I'm sorry. Yeah, and this this is written in the 90s, so like, was it? It was just like Will and Grace. Yeah, it was like literally Will and Grace, and then like some incredibly homophobic caricatures on Friends. Now, keen minds among our audience might have noticed that Hollywood line and wonder to themselves, wait a second, does he mean Jews? Uh, Gay Jews. (laughs) Well, come on, men, no need to be redundant. And the answer to that question is probably yes. Lind has given speeches to Holocaust denial conferences before, where he specifically underlines the Jewishness of the philosophers he's talking about. And the conspiracy theory has become something of a gospel in neo-Nazi circles, especially since Anders Breivik popularised the concept by copy and pasting 27 pages of Lind's writing into his manifesto before killing 77 people in 2011. But what's so useful for the far right about cultural Marxism is that unlike its predecessor, Judeo-Bolshevism, it doesn't sound explicitly anti-Semitic and has a plausible, academic-sounding ring to it. And for male supremacist influencers like Elliot Hulse, it also has a really useful function. It explains why men need his help in the first place. Essentially, Hulse's gender ideology has a central problem. He believes that men are the superior gender, born to be dominant alpha hunters, while women's nature makes them more naturally submissive and soft. He explains this in extremely essentialist terms in his video titled, Charmingly, Don't Let the Vagina Fool You. So you got to recognize that there is a primal nature to the man and woman, and it is embodied in the nature of the penis and vagina. So if you, if, you, if you just recognize the form of the vagina, soft and yielding, it is often and always actually a representation of the character of the female. The woman advertises and brings in, softens and yields. So basically, they've got to become attractive, right? Marketing, do what you have to do in order to bring in, find, create an environment where a man would want to come in right? Like the vagina, right? They attract and absorb. The nature of the penis is to hunt down and aggress, assert itself. The energy builds up in the man and he has to go out and assert. He has to go and find a place to rest. So you've got all these penises and vaginas out there. No matter how complex we think we are as human beings and and, uh, sophisticated we think we become, the nature of the penis and the vagina does not change. Attract and absorb, hunt and assert. It's the way we behave in life. It's the way we, the way our bodies look. Wow. Uh, (laughs) He kind of has these like 
chronic masturbator eyes, I feel like. <laughs> that like, you know, dopamine desensitized look. Also, like, I know I'm like just bringing the argument to his own terms, which is a mistake in the first place and you always lose. But like, in what way does the vagina advertise? Like, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty tucked in. It's yeah, really it's hidden. True. Like, <laughs> how I still that... haven't found it. <laughs> I don't see fucking billboards, buddy. <laughs> Why don't you show me the way? <laughs> yeah, I just feel like that's like, yeah, there's definitely body parts which I think are more advertised than the vagina. Just just my take. Yeah, it makes, it makes no sense. But Elliot has a problem. If men being hunters and women being yielding prey is just our natural primal instinct, then why do so many men need Elliot's help to become strong? Why does he even need to teach them how to hunt? Surely, if what he was saying was true, his very job as a strength, life, and dating coach would be obsolete. Now, sure, you could argue feminism came along and ruined it, but people who think about this a lot will understand that that still doesn't make sense, given that feminists are women, and should therefore be passively happy with their god-given gender roles. This is a contradiction which essentially needs a conspiracy theory, because for natural gender roles that made everyone happy to have been subverted, there needs to be a malign outside influence. And that's where cultural Marxism comes in. You've been listening to a sample of Man Clan, a 10-part series that is being published on QAA's premium podcast feed, which you can get access to for just five bucks a month by going to patreon.com slash Anonymous. You'll also get access to all of Travis View's first season of Trickle Down, as well as an extra episode of QAA for every regular one, and access to our entire archive of premium episodes. Join the Man Clan. 